What is good, Defenders? This is Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth, and things are good indeed. All is right with the mothership at Bank of California Stadium. What a game today, and we are going to break it down. Who is the we that you might ask? Well, you know my voice. I am, as Philly calls me, the mouth of the South Bay. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and with me across the interwebs in world-famous Philomonster Studios is Christian Philly Philemon. What's going on, Defenders? It's a beautiful Sunday night, and I was so excited about having an LAFC match and possibly an LAFC win that I celebrated drastically yesterday. So I'm basically feeling right now what I should be feeling tomorrow morning after a win. But God, what a, what a night, what a game, what a, finally, what a turnaround, Scarf. Yeah, let's let's be clear, Philly. You're not dead, right? No, although uh, I'm not going to get into detail, but I, I can't say I left my bed till around 6 p.m. If that's any indicator as to how much fun I had, I mean, look, what 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 else was there to do? Normally, I like to cycle. Others, I like to be outside. I like to be active. But in Burbank, it was just every time I stepped outside, it was like. I don't know. I mean, to me, I guess it would be the equivalent of what it'd be like smoking a pack of cigarettes. Ugh. Couldn't do anything. So what did I do? I just, I hold myself up in my, in my house and, and I basically just, well, drank for yeah. hours and hours and yeah, hours. So, so we were and celebrating an hours. <laughs> we were celebrating the birthday of one Chad, who is a very good friend of the pod and more importantly, a very good friend of the Philly. And of course, to the scarf as well. But uh, from what I understand, uh, now, how many years again, Philly, had it been since the Islanders had made the f- conference finals? 27. 27. So you would think, no matter how bad that Philly was feeling, that he would muster up enough strength or a wherewithal, or I, I don't even know what to call it at this point, to get out of bed, to get onto the couch, and at least watch moving pictures of this game that they played. Unfortunately, it didn't, didn't go so well for, for the Islanders. But Philly, were you able to get out of bed to watch your team in the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in 27 years? No, I wasn't. <laughs> but, but, but I had a phone that had the, rec- the direct TV app. But it was kind of annoying because I could hear Amanda listening to it in one room, and it was ahead, and obviously I caught the, the highlights and the delays. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a rough one, man. Um, today was a rough one as a New York sports fan. If you're a Jets, a Mets, and an Islander fan, it wasn't a very, very nice day. Yeah, big but that doesn't matter. L.A. had a great day for sports. L.A. had a fantastic day for sports. More importantly, the Clippers lost, so I'm sorry for all of you Clipper fans out there. This is the scarf. If you want to hate on me for hating on the Clippers, that's fine. But I'm a Laker guy. I've said that time and time and time again, much to – the chagrin of Philly's Knicks fandom, but you know what? We're, we're going to the conference finals, which by the way, is not what we signed LeBron James and Anthony Davis for. We want to win the whole thing. So that's fun times in LA. It was a great day all around though. Philly, more importantly, LAFC back on track against one of our nemesis is, 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 is the Portland. I'm going to let you do it. Philly. What's your favorite name that you like to call the Portland Timbers? The pesky pine trees. Of Portland. That's right. So very exciting about the win today. I mean, just so many good things to talk about this game. But Philly, we've got to have our regular episodes. So we're going to get into some This Day in LAFC history. We've got some news and notes. There's some fun news and notes today. There's a ghost sighting Philly down in San Diego. Oh, Hmm. my goodness. Then we've got the recap 
a little bit of some early, by the way, scheduling with the scarf, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the MLS announcing games through September, and let's just see, Philly, if you and I can remember to do our wait. What? It's funny. We wanted to call it a wait. Why? <laughs> segment yesterday because of because of things. But how do we not remember to do something that we've done like a hundred times? Philly, but, look, but the funny between, thing is, go ahead, go ahead. But I'm just saying between the the smooth segues that we're known for and always coming through on those teasers that we remember to pay off, we're we're a well oiled machine, my friend. Clearly, I mean, I got well oiled last night as a result of it. I'm, my my carburetor is uh, a little messed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, real quick, we want to get this out of the way, too. We love our new friends over at Dog Drop. This is our third episode, partnering with Dog Drop, the local daycare facility right here in the Arts District. And we've partnered with them because they've completely redesigned the concept of dog care. They have a great small facility, real grass, and they've got highly trained dog experts to take care of your pup. Of course, Dog Drop offers really flexible pricing. So even if you only need an hour or two, that's fine. And here's the cool thing, once again, you can do a free day with them first to see how your pup likes it. So please go to dogdrop.co backslash free day and sign up for the free visit. That's Dog Drop, like you drop your dog off there. Dogdrop.co slash free day. And this could also be a cool gift for any friends, relatives, your mom, anyone out there who has a dog. So check out dogdrop.co and support your local dog care providers. And I know Philly, you also wanted to make sure that we give a little bit of love to AB Teamwear while we are at it. So my friend, take it away. Adventure Brothers Teamwear opened in 2019 out of Ventura County. If you saw us on the YouTube post game a couple matches ago, then you would have seen me rocking an awesome Defenders of the Bank jersey that was provided to Scarf and I and the Angel City Chicks, for that matter, from AB Teamwear. Great quality. They, they customize your design. They do it at an affordable price. If, if you have like a local club team you're on or you're a supporters group or a social group and you're thinking about getting a jersey, they, they do a really good job. I mean, their motto is, we believe that the cost of uniforms from the major sports companies are way too high. I don't disagree. And offer generic products. ABT provides custom soccer products that we design, not us, them, that we design with our clients at an <laughs> affordable rate. Give them a follow on Instagram. Check them out. Really good company to work with. Awesome, awesome guys. Upstart, young business. Check out AB Teamwork. All right, there you go, Philly. Let's smoothly segue, like we are known for, into this day in LAFC history. We're going to cover three days on this day in LAFC history. And, of course, it is about 1045 in the evening. So we are going to start right away with September 13th and Philly. It's backup goalkeeper birthday day on September 13th. <laughs> September 13th, 1993, happy birthday to Booba, Luis Booba Lopez, a backup goalkeeper on our 2018 team. Also born on September 13th, one year later, Quillen Roberts, another backup goalkeeper on our 2018 team. What are the chances of that? Two goalkeepers, both on the inaugural team, born on the same day, just one year apart. On the 14th last year, 2019, LAFC and the Philadelphia Onions play to a 1-1 tie in Philly. And, of course, it's Carlos Vela scoring after missing the previous two matches with injury. Oh, more Carlos Vela injury talk on the pod. Great. Also on the 14th in 2019, Philly, the reason why they couldn't play at the bank, Philly, 
Iron Maiden. That's right. One year ago tomorrow. Remember when we used to be able to go to concerts? Oh my goodness. Iron Maiden at Bank of California Stadium. And I want to say this again. I said this after we had gone about a year ago as part of their Legacy of the Beast tour. I was not a big Maiden guy going into the concert. In fact, it was Philly who convinced me to go to this concert. And it was absolutely incredible. Had a blast at Maiden. Got the cool souvenir t-shirt from it too, because that's what all the cool kids do. Philly, what did you mm. think of Maiden at Bank of California Stadium? Man, the, the Wayne's World, the scene where, the, in both movies, where they go, we're not worthy. <laughs> I think of a guy like Bruce Dickinson. Not only is he the lead singer of Iron Maiden, he's also the pilot of their jumbo jet that goes all across the world. That guy is still with it. That guy still performs at such a high level. And it's like, wow. Like, I think of like all the cool things I've done. You know, I think about all the cool things you've done, all the cool things we've all done collectively together. <laughs> but I can't say anything that you and I do is as cool as being the front man of one of the most influential metal bands of all time, as well as being a commercial airline pilot. Uh, it was amazing. The, the decor was great. They still got it. Damn, I love Iron Maiden. Bruce Dickinson, by the way, only 62 years old. So he's not going to be stopping anytime soon. But man, did he just melt faces that night. That was awesome. Last day to cover on this day in LFC history, September 15th, 1988. Happy birthday to Yuka Raidula. Wait a minute. He's never played in LAFC black and gold before. He was black and gold for all of maybe 15 minutes. A 2008 expansion draft pick. He was traded along with Raheem Edwards, for the general, our first captain, Laurent Simon, in 2018. He also, by the way, scored an own goal for us in a match later in that season for, I believe it was Montreal. So thank you for that as well. Yuka Raidula, happy birthday to a guy who was black and gold for eh, 15 minutes or so. And on the 15th in 2018, another draw here, and another 1-1 draw on this day in LSU history, Marco Ureña scores in the 52nd minute but a late goal score surrendered by LAFC. Ugh, that was our 80th theme. minute hex. Oh, that was our theme. It was the 82nd minute this time in our first season. So it was a 1-1 draw. And Philly, that was Dodgers night at Bank of California Stadium. So you remember that t-shirt that they gave away to everybody. It was the LAFC slash Dodgers t-shirt. And that was given to fans who wanted to stand in line for about two hours because it was literally the only one place to get them. It was also the 300th MLS regular season match coached by Bob. And that has been this day in LAFC history. Philly, we got all kinds of fun stuff on news and notes. There's been a ghost sighting in San Diego. There has. And if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we're talking about he's no longer a ghost. He's nope. been spotted. In fact, he made his presence felt twice. Alejandro Guido. Yes, that's right. As many of you know, LAFC recently loaned out Alejandro Guido to the San Diego Loyal, the USL team run and owned by Landon Donovan. Today, the Loyal took on former LAFC minor league club OCSC down in the Diego. And it was Guido who opened the score and given the Loyal a one nothing lead in the 41st minute. That was pretty cool. But then in the second half, it was Guido yet again wrapping up a brace in the 64th minute. 
That's all the loyal needed as they took down OCSC 2-0. Pretty cool that within a couple of matches, he cracks the starting lineup, obviously, and then he, he comes in with a couple of goals. That's, you know, that's good for him, and it's definitely going to give it a good case for him to make his way back onto the roster sometime down the road. Yeah, Philly, this was his first ever minutes with the San Diego Loyal. He's been down there in San Diego for about, oh, 15 minutes or so. I mean, look, he played for Cholos for quite a while, right? So we're talking, what, 25, 30-minute car ride from San Diego down to TJ. So he's definitely familiar with the area. We got to ask our buddy Jerry down there, Jerry Jimenez, about this loyal Guido deal going on, because I would love to be able to catch, oh, wait, we're not allowed to go anywhere, never mind. All right. (laughs) Yeah, scratch that. Yeah, right. Don't forget, during September, Major League Soccer and Continental Tire are teaming up to raise awareness and funds for childhood cancer. In its seventh year, the Kick Childhood Cancer Campaign aims to find better cures for all types of childhood cancer and now more than ever provide support to one of the most vulnerable populations affected by COVID-19. Don't forget to use the hashtag Kick childhood cancer on your social media channels for every post that uses the hashtag kick childhood cancer continental tire is donating 25 dollars to fund pediatric cancer research all the way up to fifty thousand dollars during the month of september and i thought the really cool thing philly i don't know if you caught this on lafc's twitter they posted a video of 50 jersey gowns that were created by LAFC. They took jerseys and they created hospital gowns for these pediatric cancer patients in the hospital. It was really cool. Jordan Harvey did a Zoom meeting with them. This was something that I know Tyler Miller was always very passionate about. We have had an incredible community outreach and support with the pediatric cancer community by LAFC. And it was really cool, these 50 gowns that these kids now get to wear in the hospital, a little something while they're in there for their cancer treatment. So please don't forget to use the hashtag kick childhood cancer on social media to donate $25 to fund pediatric cancer research. And again, last thing, this money does not come out of your pocket. It comes out of continental tires pocket. So anytime that you can spend somebody else's money, just ask Nina, she does it all the time. Anytime (laughs) you can spend somebody else's money, please do that. Why not? They're asking you to spend their $25. You know, it's kind of funny. You heard Rogo say it on the YouTube telecast today. And I'm like, hmm, all right. I feel like he just took all those words from the scarf. And then, dude, the, the post game, I, you would have flipped if you would have saw it. They sang the, the, the reunited song. Oh, the that's awesome. that, Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's like, I feel like Rogo's been listening to us and has like defenders of the bank uh, dialogue subconsciously like put into his brain. I, well, Philly, <laughs> sometimes we, I listen and I'm like, yeah, we said that a few weeks ago. Wait, we said that exa- word for word last month. Rogo clearly is a big fan of the pod, but we are a big fan of Rogo as well. Absolutely. And again, we love Max Bedos, Rogo, Gigi. We know you guys all listen to pod, so we really thank you for supporting us. So awesome to have the best broadcast team in MLS. Philly. Next up on News and Notes is a little bit of an earlier edition of Scheduling with the Scarf. And I'm going to bring you in, of course, on this one as well, Philly. LAFC and MLS announcing the 2020 regular season schedule through the end of September, as well as the Audi 2020 MLS Cup playoffs qualification and competition format. Philly, we have three more matches left in September. I feel like we've been playing a match every three or four days since September 2nd or so. 
I think this is going to make what, like seven, eight, maybe nine. No, I think it's eight games for us in September. That seems like a ton of games. And Philly, why don't you give us a little breakdown of those last three matches in September and who we get to beat? I mean, play. Yeah, I mean, it has been a lot of matches, man. It's kind of like how the Premier League operates like during like the Christmas time where they play Boxing Day and they play like five games in two weeks. It, it, it's quite the schedule. But I know LAFC is looking forward to seeing some new faces on, on, on the scheduling. I mean, one new face in this case, uh, two familiar ones. But LAFC's next phase of matches includes three games in September with the Seattle Sounders, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the San Jose Earthquakes. Wait, did he really call them by their normal names? <laughs> I did, but let me correct myself. The Flounders, the White Craps, and the Smurfquakes. There, I think that, that, that's a lot better. You know, I feel kind of bad for the White Craps scarf. I mean, they're, they're in like implosion mode, and the only reason I even feel bad for them is because our former assistant coach, Mark Dos Santos, is, is running that club, his first go-around as the gaffer of a major league soccer team in they have the bad end of the stick. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah, it, it's we got to go fly to Real Salt Lake. We got to fly to Portland, but you know, they got to go across all of Canada. You know, Vancouver's all the way on like on the west side of the country. They got to fly all the way into Toronto, then fly back. Then they got to fly all the way to Montreal and fly back. I mean, they they have to deal with the time zone changes. They have to deal with the same familiar like folk. I'm sure they're really excited to a certain extent to be facing somebody new, but. You know, that's well, neither here nor there. Billy, I think you're forgetting one thing, too. What's that? They can't go home right now. They are not allowed back in Canada. They have been in the United States since the bubble, since Orlando. Canada is not allowing teams to travel back and forth across the border. So that means, Philly, well, look, our first game is at CenturyLink Field, Seattle, Friday, September 18th. But I believe, and they didn't mention this on the website, but according to Major League Soccer, I think I might be right, but I, I don't know. I could be. Could be wrong. Wednesday, September 23rd, when we play Vancouver at Bank of California Stadium, there's a chance we might be the road team in that game because Vancouver is playing a bunch of quote-unquote home games on American soil. So this has been an awful, awful trip. For Vancouver, first of all, Vancouver, one of the more beautiful cities, not just in Canada, but in North America. Absolutely. Is, oh, my God. It is fantastic. And they're, they're stuck going to Salt Lake City. They're stuck going to Frisco, Texas to play Dallas. I mean, come on. I feel awful for them in Philly. How about this? Hey, Mark Dos Santos, come take over this team. But what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of quite possibly the best young player to ever come out of Major League Soccer <laughs> over to Bayern Munich before we uh, let you take over. Is that okay there, bud? Okay, so Alfonso Davies is now a star at Bayern Munich instead of playing in Vancouver, which, by the way, he should absolutely be doing. I'm not advocating for him to stay. But I, I do. I, I feel exactly what you're saying, Philly, for these Vancouver Whitecaps. And, and, and look, there is, <laughs> there's definitely a reason why Vancouver has been an unmitigated disaster this season. They currently sit at the bottom of the table after 10 matches. They have three wins, but they have not found a draw all season. So that means they have seven 
losses, a minus 10 goal differential, which, by the way, isn't the worst in the league. That goes to your boys in San Jose that I know you love so much. But they are sitting on single digits in points still. And I'll tell you, the only other teams sitting on single digits in points, the Chicago Dumpster Fire, FC Cincinnati, and Inter Miami. They are the only other teams sitting on single digits in points. Now, that being said, they're only like five points out of a playoff spot, but it is looking rough for Vancouver. So we play Vancouver in that second match, and then we finish it off. Oh, man, am I licking my chops. Philly, we get San Jose at home one more time. You were right about Chicago being a dumpster fire, but they actually tied. They were up 2 nothing at the half against the Columbus crew, who – you know, we're one of the hottest teams in Major League Soccer right now. They played them well, but they yeah, ended but up they, – They found a way to, to lose two points in that game somehow. Yes, yeah, that's fine. They did. But obviously, being a dumpster fire, they, they still, you know, took a couple points off the table for the Columbus crew. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. That's the story. I mean, we're going to be doing this uh, on, on Friday night, which is great. I, uh, I can't say I really enjoy these Sunday night, late night matches, uh, especially with a Monday around the corner and, and a work week. But – you know, is it's that, is come that because of... you're, you're teaching math at 8 o'clock in the morning? All right. I mean, I guess I shouldn't complain in that respect. <laughs> but still, I know you, you don't exactly like it either. Um, hey, I and, like it a whole lot more after a 4-2 victory, my friend. Well, that's true. It's not, it's not as brutal as a loss. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, and well, and we... besides, I do want to say this. You are doing the editing tonight. So I'm going to be in bed maybe an hour or two before you are. So I appreciate that. Love you. Yeah, well, I mean, I've basically been in bed all day. So I guess that's only <laughs> fair, right? <laughs> But yeah, so uh, we're going to have another phase, obviously, after September. We might have some like other welcome additions to our schedule. Colorado Rapids might be another team that we're going to face. Rumor has it we're going to play the Galaxy a couple more times. And, you know, I'd love to get the revenge on them, but the LA, they keep throwing this rivalry, like, down, down everybody's throat. It's not going to be – I mean, it's going to still be exciting, sure, but, I mean, I don't want to face the same team six times a year. It, it's just not as fun. It, to me, it kind of takes away from the rivalry and, and the excitement. That being said, if we beat them the two times, I can't, I'm not going to not like it, but I, just, I, I don't want to feel like, you know, we're getting, like, a forced rivalry. But then again, this entire league has gone to a regional-type scheduling for, for obvious reasons, and – and that's the way it goes. But, you know, we're still progressing as follows. Sports is back at a high level. NFL started today, so we know that's going on. And we will have playoffs. The Audi MLS Cup playoffs will again consist of single elimination matches hosted by a higher-seeded team and follow a straight bracket format through the MLS Cup on December 12th. As previously announced, in an expansion of the postseason for 2020, 18 clubs will compete in the Audi 2020 Ooh. MLS Cup playoffs. Eight teams from the 12-team Western Conference will qualify directly to round one. So even though LAFC doesn't know who they are playing, anytime past September, at least we know what will happen once we make the playoffs. And yes, we are making the playoffs. We came in at 10th place oh. coming into this matchup, 10th place. But because the Galaxy drew today, which, <laughs> by the way, at least that ends their, their winning streak. Too. It's their point streak that keeps going. But, hey, at least, you know, they didn't win. That allows us to jump from 10 to 4th. Now, all of a sudden, themes, things don't seem as disgusting. We are now only, what, five points shy of first place? Now, we don't need to burn the whole dang ship down like everybody was worrying about. Um, and people are going to probably argue, well, Portland was already, you know, allowing two goals per game. Well, yeah, fine. We doubled that. And we're going to get into all that in just a second in just the match recap, aren't we, Scarf? Absolutely, Philly. 
And it is time to get in to the 4-2 victory over the pesky pine trees of Portland. We like to start out by talking about the team's previous history. And LAFC has had quite the colorful history with, as Philly likes to say, those pesky pine trees of Portland. We played them three times in 2018, losing our first match at Portland, playing them to a scoreless draw at home, despite a red card from Lee Wynn before the 60th minute, and knocking them out of the 2018 U.S. Open Cup with a 3-2 win at the bank. In 2019, it was Portland's turn to pick up a red card, and we defeated them twice during the MLS regular season. However, just like we've done with a couple of other foes in our short history, defeating them twice doesn't mean a third time is all that easy. Portland eliminated us from the U.S. Open Cup in 2019, returning the favor. And, of course, this year we played them just one time in the bubble to a 2-2 draw. And that, of course, Philly, the last time we saw Edward Atuesta out on the soccer pitch. More on that in a little bit. In what has been a theme for LAFC and would certainly continue in this match, we fell behind early, conceding in the seventh minute before consecutive goals by BWP and Mark Anthony Kay. But of course, the 81st minute goal by Jeremy Abobasi allowed Portland to salvage a point. So, Philly, seven previous matches, three wins over Portland, two losses, two draws across all competitions. That's our history. Philly, how's Portland been doing leading up to this match? I mean, coming into this game, they were, what, two points above us, 14? Not really looking too hot. Since winning the MLS's back tournament, it's been a rough go for Portland, and that's just being nice. They have just one win in their last four. But even though that was incredibly costly, they lost their first game out of the bubble, a 3 nothing loss to their Cascadia rival Seattle, before being stunned by Real Salt Lake with two late goals to be stuck with just a point. Soon after, Carson beat Portland. 3-2 before a late winner by Felipe Mora gave Portland a much-needed win over their rivals in Cascadia, the Flounders. However, as we will certainly talk about it in just a second, in the injury report, the win was a backbreaker for the pesky pine trees of Portland. Yep, that definitely cost them. Now, LAFC is looking forward to the end of this phase of the restart, and that may be an understatement, Scarf. We've dropped four out of five for the first time in club history, including being shut out three times in that span. And funny enough, despite not having scored in three games, we still lead the league in goals scored, <laughs> That's right. which is a nice thing. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the injury report, Scarf. You want to kick that one off? I have yeah. huge news on the injury report. Oh, what, what's that, Scarf? What's that? Danilo Silva is off of the Kaiser Permanente injury report. Woohoo! Huge. No, in all seriousness, Philly, Edward... Atuesta. I, yeah. I could almost, I, I don't care about social distancing. I would hug that man if he was anywhere near me right now. Edward Atuesta. But would he hug you? He would absolutely not. In fact, I'm sure Paul, the head of security for LAFC, would remove me like a barnacle from a boat. He would use something sharp and quick and it would be terrible. But he would hug you as he tackles you and takes you to the ground. Paul, Paul <laughs> yeah, Paul and like eight of his friends would remove me forcibly from wherever I was. It's Edward Antuesta, who the black and gold faithful are excited to see. Healthy once again, clearly on a minute's restriction here in Portland. But, oh, man, we're going to talk about this during the recap. He's just so good. Even in those couple of minutes that he was in today, 
his – I don't know how, by the way, Philly, we're going to talk about this later. Never mind. We're going to talk about it later. But he didn't get an assist. I don't know how he didn't get an assist. We'll talk about it later. He didn't get an assist. There's no surprise about Carlos Vela as he remains out with a grade two MCL injury. And also on the report this week, by the way, Tristan Blackman and Mohamed Traore leaving LAFC a little thin on the back line. And there was one play today where Dayon kind of got exposed a little bit. Look, he got sliced up. I, I feel like Dayon was a lot faster at the beginning of the season than he is right now. But you know what? That's okay. We'll get him on the exercise bike. We'll figure things out. We'll see what's going on. For Portland, you talked about it. You kind of alluded to it a little bit there. The huge loss for Portland in their 2-1 win against Seattle is their Edward Atuesta. Sebastian Blanco, the MVP of the MLS's back tournament, their engine in the midfield and one of their three DPs is out for the year with a torn ACL. This is their first match without him to start. And, and Philly, I mean, look, all of our LAFC faithful, they know what we have been like since losing Atuesta. Well, you know what? Sebastian Blanco is that man for them. And that is obviously a huge loss. Let's get into the starting lineups. Philly, LAFC, take it away. No surprise. We had Pablo Cisniega between the pipes. Again, Bob said a couple of matches ago that he's going to see some more regular season minutes. And by all means, he should. Let the young man earn his stripes. And he definitely got tested a couple times, despite not making any, uh, any saves whatsoever in the first half. Congratulations to Latif Blessing. He, he comes into the lineup making his 100th regular season appearance. 25 for Sporting Kansas City, 75 for LAFC. 11 goals, 16 assists for LAFC in those 75 regular season matches. Dejan Yakovic, I'm actually going back to Latif. Latif. Latif is quite the utility man, Scarf. We're going to get into this as the match goes on. Oh, it's so he, cool. He played in three different roles today. The only thing he didn't do was, was tend to goal. But rounding out the back line, Dejan Yakovic, Eddie Segura, Chiki Palacios. Our midfield had Pancho Janela, Jose Cifuentes, who continues to impress. Uh, welcome back to Mac. And then our, uh, our forwards, Brian Rodriguez, Burbank Water and Power, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Diego Rossi. In our 18, Kenneth Vermeer, Jordan Harvey, Andy Nahar, Mohamed Al-Nanir. Hey, hey, look, he, uh, he's, he's, he's back somewhere. He's uh, alive. We, we, we spotted him. He's alive. Edward Atuesto, who despite only having played 15 minutes, quickly made his impact felt, along with Moose, Danny Musovsky, <laughs> Bryce Duke, Christian Torres, and your Loyola Marymount proud son, Adrian Perez-Scarf. What do we have for the pesky pine trees of Portland? All right, so in addition to no Sebastian Blanco, kind of a big deal, by the way, no Diego Chara due to yellow card accumulation, which, by the way, of surprise, course, surprise. because it's Diego Chara, I believe. I'll have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Second most yellow cards in the history of MLS. So Diego has a role, and he plays it very, very well. In Portland's previous 24 matches without Diego Chara, they have exactly one win, and clearly we extended that to 25 Today in goal, Steve Clark, who did nothing spectacular in today's match whatsoever. On the back line, Chris Duval, Julio Cascante, Dario Zuparic, who was a bit of a problem on that back line for LAFC every now and then, and Anaheim's finest, the former Chivas USA, Jorge Villafania, who, I mean, I was really excited to see that matchup with him at right back today. He did a lot more on the offensive end and really caused some trouble for LAFC as well. Eric Williamson, who, bleh, not a big fan of Eric Williamson, but since 
Giovanni Savarese has moved him into an offensive attacking role there in the midfield. Eric Williamson has been one of the better midfielders in Major League Soccer in that attacking role. Christian Paredes, Marvin Loria, Diego Valeri, the MLS legend, 92 goals and 72 assists in his MLS career. Jeremy Abobasi, who we hadn't heard from since the MLS's back tournament. He had another, eh, I would say, unimpressive game once again for Jeremy Abobasi. And Felipe Mora rounds out the starting 11 in the 18. Couple of players that I would keep my eye on, and they wound up coming into the game at some point. Andy Polo, the other Chara, Yimmy Chara, and Yaroslav Nishgoda. The thing that I find interesting, Philly, with Sebastian Blanco out, they did not start any of their three DPs. Nishgoda and Yimmy Chara, their other two, coming off the bench. Really interesting how Giovanni Savarese has chosen to use his DPs. But that brings us to kickoff Philly and the atmosphere as electric as it could be. I really liked, I was watching it on Estrella TV and I am really trying to improve my Spanish. I'm, I'm getting one out of every like four or five words. I'm getting a little better on there. They actually showed the, uh, the Falcon flight graphics on there. By the way, shout out to our buddy Al Ray, director of Match Day presentation. Yeah. But they showed the Falcon flight graphics. I thought that was kind of cool. They also showed the scarves up graphic that they put on there. That was kind of cool. Man, it just, I miss that place so much. I, I just, I would really, I just, I miss fans there. I miss being there. I miss the atmosphere. Because really, it's, it's the Bank of California Stadium atmosphere. It's the 3252. And we've talked about it on the podcast so often. But those are the things that I miss more than even some of the action out there on the pitch is being with the brethren and the sisterin. I know that's not the word, but that's fine. Of the black and gold faithful at the Cathedral, Bank of California Stadium. And we're off, Philly. LAFC against Portland. I got to say, I'm happy that we had the match because, you know, the air quality wasn't the greatest in L.A. I mean, I, again, I've said it before, jokingly, like I don't trust air I can't see. But, you know, you had the, <laughs> the air quality at, at what, like a 160 something throughout the course of, of the day. That's really, really rough. And then it only dropped down to 130, but I imagine that had to affect some of the performance on the field. It's a good thing that we had the match go on, but I think at one point, you know, they were monitoring the air quality quite closely to see whether or not a match really would take place. But I'm really happy about that. You mentioned Al Raid on the YouTube uh, pregame show. They did a nice little segment on him and how he's doing things and how he's uh, – you know, organizing match day presentation despite there being no fans in the match. Interestingly enough, when they do all the different chants throughout the uh, the, the pumped-in audience sound, uh, Al was telling me that there's a member or somebody within the 3252 that's letting him know, okay, I think this would be the time for you to put in Jump for LA Football Club. Like, really, really, really cool thing. And yeah. another thing I also wanted to point out during the telecast, Rogo was all over the stadium, and he was telling stories about people – who um, who sat in certain seats and like their story and and our buddy Mario you know shout out to Mario who's been a longtime listener to the pod you know he got featured him and his brother who who moved out to New York so you know those YouTube telecasts they're they're pretty cool I'll I'm not gonna lie we we only got on for the for the six day free trial I canceled and then Panda got on and and did hers but she forgot to cancel and as a result of that paid the 65 bucks for it but luckily enough scarf i mean we've got 
what, the next four LAFC matches that are going to be on YouTube TV. So at the very least, it's good that she did that because we're going to need it anyway. Yeah, and real so, quick, I want to correct something I said before. I believe it's seven matches in September, but it feels like we're playing them in such succession. Also, I, I just looked it up right now just to take a look. The air quality index is 145 right now. I mean, usually – It only got worse. It's, yeah, it's just rough right now. Just so that you know, anything under 50 is usually green for we're good to go. Anything under 100, it's at least yellow, so it's not the worst thing ever. But once you're getting up near the 150s, it is bad news bears out there. And that's why they took far more of a hydration break than they would have, I guess, for temperature. Because the temperature right now, it's actually not too bad in downtown right now. But the air quality is just terrible. And Philly, speaking of kind of terrible, the first, I don't know, five, six minutes of action in the match. In the seventh minute, the first real action for either side. A good run up the left by LAFC, but too heavy of a first touch as Steve Clark corrals it. And in the ninth minute, we saw what Portland was trying to do. And look, with Sebastian Blanco, with Diego Chara, they are a massively different team, but lots of high pressure by Portland. So I wrote in my notes, it'll be up to LAFC to make the passes in tighter windows. And there also seems like there was plenty of room to counter early. LAFC gets a corner in the 10th, a quick throw in the 11th, but Rossi is offside. And that brings us to the 15th minute where Philly, I don't know if they had it on the YouTube TV broadcast, but I will tell you on the Estrella TV broadcast where there was no ambient noise or anything else, you could hear every single thing coming out of Bob Bradley's mouth. Some of it not quite suitable for work, but man, could you hear Bob Bradley on the sidelines starting in the 15th minute? Yeah, you definitely heard some things on the on the YouTube telecast, but again, there was that pumped-in noise, which which gave. I know a lot of people feel different ways about the pumped-in crowd noise. Personally, I I kind of enjoy it. I mean, I'm focusing so much on the match that I'm not even really looking at crowd participation anyway, and kind of hearing it get pumped in, it just subconsciously makes you smile. You certainly heard, you know, a lot of like during the set piece, you certainly heard the players yelling at each other. 14th minute, one thing I wanted to, uh, wanted to bring up. See, Fuentes had a pass to Raito, but he, he got stripped. He was wide, wide open, and Sifu got him the ball. But it, it kind of took him a while to, to get him the ball. And I know there's been – and Bradley Wright Phillips said this on an interview that they've been positive. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm watching that play. I'm thinking to myself, has the team just kind of lost a little bit of faith in Raito? Like, do they not want to – quickly get him the ball as, as they would to Bradley Wright Phillips or, or to Diego Rossi. I mean, I, I, I know Raito's confidence must, it must be down, but you know, he definitely turned it around with, with two assists today. We'll talk about that. 15th minute LAFC playing a very high line, forcing a turnover, love the energy and the intensity, but the problem is, can we keep it up for 90 minutes? Cause we seem to have mental lapses and we seem to get distracted and not stay focused the whole time. You said it, Bob, Bob being really loud. 17th minute, Raito trying to do a little too much as he's looking to take his man 1v1. You know, again, like the telecasters were saying this, he has a unique set of skills that you know haven't completely translated themselves to, to the pitch. But Raito didn't have the worst game, contrary to what all the uh, people on the LAFC <laughs> fan page on Facebook have to say. I mean, to wow. say that's a bad game. Wow. What was, what was that? But, you know, 19th minute, Scarf. 
Eddie Segura gets taken out. He got undercut in midair. Right? Nothing happens. What's that? No, I was agreeing with you. I said, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no call on that. Uh, thankfully, he was able to get up. Anytime you see an undercut coming up uh, and he's at such a high distance, you're afraid he's going to fall, hit something. But the ball gets itself back to Jeremy Obobese, and he misses very, very high, which uh, seemed to be a case for, for Portland throughout the course of the game. But, you know, that's, uh, that's going to drop us right off almost halfway into the game, 22 minutes, Scar. Yeah, Philly, I didn't realize LAFC had an extra defender out there in the 22nd minute. A solid stop on defense by Hagen. The human highlighter. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, he was in blue, right? So he was a little more subdued today. The head referee, Jair Marufo, a great stop there, which led, I believe, to a drop ball, right, after the play. Oh. Yeah, they used, to, they used to play those balls back in the day, but now they seem it to be more uh, reasonable just to stop play and, and start possession all over again, which is a shame because LAFC would have been off to the races had that ball been allowed to be played. Well, but I think that was because of a late whistle there by Jair. The play was supposed to stop. LAFC, though, the smart thing, look, you talk about it all the time in basketball, right, Philly? You play till the whistle. So they were playing it out, but Jair with a little bit of a late whistle there, so it goes to a drop ball. 25th minute, and what is this now? The eighth or ninth time in 11 matches that we have conceded first. 25th minute, it's the Timbers who take an early lead as the back line looks porous yet again. It's Diego Valeri to Mora to Eric Williamson, and LAFC down one nothing. Eric Williamson has been a revelation for them on the offensive end and he puts another one in the back of the net. It's the 73rd, I think, assist in the career of Diego Valeri, and we would see some more trouble from Diego Valeri on set pieces. Look, I think that Brian Rodriguez, especially on corners, is as good as it gets in Major League Soccer, but watching the best in the business at any set piece right now in MLS, Diego Valeri, he is just so special out there with those free kicks and how he can bend that ball. It's, it's a treat. Honestly, it's a treat to watch Diego Valeri. And I said this on one more sleep, by the way, if major league soccer has a hall of fame, clearly you're going to get some of the big names that get elected. I think there should absolutely be a major league soccer hall of fame, but Portland's first representative in the major league soccer hall of fame has to be, has to be Diego Valeri. The guy is such a legend. Let's flash forward real quick. We are now down. League MVP. Yeah, former league MVP. You're absolutely right. We are now down 29th minute. Bradley Wright Phillips, a beautiful slip pass from Sifu. And it looked like, based on the shot that he took and based on the reaction when he got back up, that BWP appeared to get clipped from behind, but no call. And, and you know, I just kind of thought like, oh man, that's one of those moments where LAFC begins to get a little frustrated maybe loses focus for that one split second, and now all of a sudden we can get down 2 nothing. But luckily, you know what? We were fine. And in the 31st minute, the, the best ball movement all night by LAFC, crossed into the box, headed out to Brian Rodriguez, a perfect pass to Sifu at the top. But again, maybe a little far out for Sifu to take that shot. But Sifu, as we would come to find out later on in the match, doesn't care how far out he is to take a shot. He keeps you honest on defense. You have to close down angles. You have to cut off space when Cifuentes has the ball. And that takes us to minute 35. And Philly, 
I don't know what your notes look like for the 35th minute, but my notes were all over the map. My notes start off with W T Frick. <laughs> what the Frick? Then the 35th minute, we had multiple moments going on. There was a missed handball. Then Bradley Wright Phillips completely whiffed it. And then Pancho Janela had a shot saved by Clark. And then Diego Rossi punches it in the back of the net, only to be called back because of an offside. There was so much that was going on there, and it's like, oh, God, is Murphy's Law going to be something that keeps hitting us? Because despite having lost and being shut out the past couple of games, we can't say that LAFC hadn't created chances. We can't say they didn't have shots. We can't say they didn't have shots on target. We just weren't lucky. We weren't able to capitalize on things. And on that sequence of events, what, what was this going to happen again? So frustrating. So unbelievably frustrating. Just like that first goal of the match. So frustrating that the defense was just caught not doing anything. It's like they were caught in, in, in quick, dry concrete. It was, it, it was rough. But, yeah, those are my notes. 36-minute. Great piece of defending by Portland. Great pass by Latif, who, again, was everywhere today. But it was broken up by the Portland defender. It very well should be 2-1 to one LAFC at this point, Scarf. It, it, it really, really did. But, hey, you know what? Third time's a charm. We had the 37th minute. We had a goal. Finally. It didn't take long. And especially <laughs> after that Murphy's Law segment a couple minutes prior, you know, we scored. We set it time and time again. The set piece is Braito, difference maker. Even when Carlos Vela comes back, Scarf, I imagine that these set pieces and these corners are still going to be shared between Carlos and Brian Rodriguez. If there's anything he does really well, is that. It's a perfect corner that goes off the head of Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, and then it just catches Mac, and Mac crashes the back post. He kicks that ball in for a goal. Well, the last time we played Portland, he, he had a goal uh, during the bubble, during the COVID Cup bubble. It was, uh, yeah, it was nice to see Mac get welcomed back in the manner that he, uh, he, he got into. But, yeah, it was a great, great set piece. And what? We haven't scored off a corner kick in, in, a, little, in a little while, Scarf. We, we haven't exactly been as fortunate with those set pieces as we had been in previous years. Look, from the moment we gave up the goal in the 25th minute, I felt like LAFC completely took control of the first half after that. You mentioned it. Several chances inside the box in the 35th. A great chance in the 36th. 37th, finally breaking through with Mark Anthony Kay. And then in the 41st minute, I believe it's a little ticky-tocky from LAFC, and we are up. And, oh, look, it's that worthless DP again, Brian Rodriguez, <laughs> this time with a perfect lead pass to Diego Rossi, who buries another in his quest for the golden boot. He is the first to double digits this year with 10 goals. And Brian Rodriguez moves into a tie for second in Major League Soccer in assists with six. Philly, he's on pace for about 20 assists if we were playing a 34-match regular season. 20 assists. That's a number that Maxi Morales achieved, what, a year or two ago for NYCFC. And a player hadn't hit 20 assists in years in Major League Soccer. And that's about the pace that Brian Rodriguez is on. But I know, he's garbage, right? He doesn't score. In, by the way, in the 35th minute, that BWP fan job on that ball inside the box, that was from a perfect pass from Brian Rodriguez. So really, he should have had a hat trick of assists, if that's a thing, in this match. And we're up 2-1. Things are great. 
stoppage time. All right, let's go into the locker room. Let's go into the half up 2-1. But no, it's the second set piece goal for LAFC Philly. Off the free kick, the ball caroms off the wall to Poncho Ginella. And Poncho, I mean, goodness, he put it on a string to old man game himself. Number 113, just one away from our assistant coach, Anche Razov now. And the fifth of the season for Bradley Wright Phillips. How awesome of a pickup has that man been for LAFC? Philly, all the momentum in the world. We've been playing downhill for 20 minutes. Let's just get into the locker room up 3-1. Eh. And no, not so much. Apparently, if, Philly. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if only it were that easy. And just real quick, just shout out to Ante, because him and his wife, Aaron just gave birth to a baby girl. So congratulations to yeah. him. He was not on the bench because he had a child. Very, very cool thing. So even though Bradley Wright Phillips is one goal away from tying Ante Razov, I don't think he cared because he gave birth to a baby girl. <laughs> yeah, no, he absolutely does not care if that's the case. You're absolutely right. So, by the way, congratulations to the Razov family. That's pretty cool. His wife, is it Erin, right? Is that her name? Aaron? Yep. Aaron? Yeah, Erin Everly, I think is her name. But, yeah, Philly, I mean, come on. We're playing downhill. Everything's going great. We're up 3-1. This is the LAFC that we thought we would see for most of the season. But another awful goal. But I will say this. That was a beautiful pass. Jorge Villafania, Anaheim's own. Former Chivas player, the longtime Chivas USA defender, makes a perfect pass to a cutting Jeremy Abobasi on the header. We hadn't heard from Jeremy Abobasi in weeks. In fact, he had not scored since the MLS is back tournament, since the COVID Cup. And look, I'll say it, what is Pablo doing where Pablo was on that goal? Maybe he was caught between wanting to come out and play the pass uh, I don't know, but it just – it felt like such a kick in the groin. We've got this momentum. We're playing downhill. Things are going so well for LAFC. And then all the momentum, after another awful start that we were able to build, is gone. But look, we go into the half up 3-2, and you only have to win by one, right? So, halftime. Yep, halftime. And, you know, going back to Obobasi – He's becoming kind of like Demir Krylock is, just one of those players who continuously makes us want to scream bloody murder. I mean, it was his second goal against us this season, his fourth goal of the season. There are certain players that obviously rise to the occasion when they face us. It was Latan back during those days. Uh, it clearly is Demir Krylock, who's the second all-time leading scorer against us. And then you got Jeremy Abobasi quickly uh, becoming a, a splinter in our, in our side. Uh, but, see, I thought you were going to say Thorn because of Portland's women's team. The yeah, I could have. Yeah, you know, I probably should have said that. Very, and I, I had it on, on my mind, but, you know, I'm not <laughs> and, thinking clearly today. And by the way, Philly, I will say, it, it doesn't lend itself to as good of an episode title for Abobaseeing out loud. No, we need Crylock. We need Crylock in there. Fair, and, fair enough. And I definitely like Abobasee. Only a little bit more, but definitely more than I like Demir Krylock or or Vako. Fair enough. Oh, we know how much you love that guy. But anyway, <laughs> yep, we, uh, we end our first half. And, you know, LAFC, for the most part, was the dominant factor. Our shots, we had eight to their three. On target, we had five to their two. Uh, since they had two goals, that meant Pablo didn't make any saves. 
Possession, we had 59 of their 41. Passing accuracy improved dramatically since the previous matches. We had 84% to their 76. Chances created, we topped that category, three to one. Corners, three to nothing. Fouls, and this is where it gets really interesting. Without Diego Chara, they don't seem to foul as much, and they don't seem to play as aggressively because we were the ones who led in the statistical category. We had eight to their three, and, of course, offside, two to their one. We were really treated for a fun first half scarf. If I was just a casual observer of the game, it's pretty cool to see five goals in the first half. I mean, you're lucky if you get that an entire game. Unfortunately, it's obviously frustrating when your team's got to constantly battle and all that other stuff. But five goals in the first half, pretty exciting way to, uh, to start the first 45 minutes of the game. Totally agree. And look, the second goal, that was – go back and look at the pass again. And unfortunately, I think you might see it on SportsCenter maybe in the top ten plays. Although, you know what? It was the first day of NFL football, so there's going to be a lot of Yeah, we're not seeing any MLS there. Yeah, probably not. By the way, Philly, I I want to mention this since we're talking about the half. Your uh, Rams, who you are a season ticket holder of, have you seen those white jerseys that they played in today? Those look like they're practice uniforms. Uh, You know, I actually kind of liked the way they looked. You know, I I don't have a problem with it. I just – I can't get the image (laughs) out of what's on the Rams' nose out of my mind after it was pointed (laughs) – pointed out but you know congratulations to the Rams for having their first win in their first stadium and yeah Panda and I were watching this and it's kind of a gut punch in the sense that we we should have been there it was the opening match in the open the first game in SoFi Stadium history we weren't there and kind of stinks it would have been a fun game to go to uh Panda though even despite not being a Cowboys fan had I think she had Prescott and Elliott from her fantasy team, and Gross. she was very much rooting for the Cowboys. Yeah, well, I, I would agree. No, thank I mean, you. By the way, Philly, have you seen the video on the Rams? I think it was Twitter or Instagram, where you know they have that beautiful, like round scoreboard ribbon thing up there. It's unbelievable. And Johnny Hecker, of course, we know I am a massive Johnny Hecker fan. Johnny, by the way, we know you're a big fan of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. He was trying to boom balls up there to see if he could hit it. And he said after about four or five tries so far, that thing is Johnny Hecker proof, which says a lot because he was the 2010s all NFL decade punter. So if he can't get it, I don't know anybody who can. Let's get going with the second half. We had Pablo Bonilla coming in for Duval. And here comes Achara. Yimmy Chara in for Loria on the front line. And look, he definitely did some things in the second half, played a much better half than Loria wound up doing. But we're talking about an extremely disappointing DP so far. Through nine matches with Portland, he has registered zero goals and one assist. So we think Brian Rodriguez is frustrating. Well, Brian Rodriguez has a goal. Brian Rodriguez has six assists. And their DP, Yimmy Chara, really coming up flat. And you would think playing with his brother, playing with a great system by Savarese in Portland, that he would do a little bit. He did have a solid 45 minutes, definitely opened some things up with Portland on the left side, but a pretty disappointing effort on the year for Yimmy Chara in the 48th minute. Pablo, you know, I think maybe, just maybe, someone said something to him about if you're going to come out, just be decisive and go. Well, he definitely came out way out to punch that ball away in the 48th minute. And I I just, I want to mention it again in the 49th and 50th minutes, Diego Valeri, another perfect free kick. I mean, a perfect free kick 
to Zuparic on the back post. And if not for our man, Steady oh. Eddie, oh, Eddie man. Segura, what a play on the back line to save a goal for sure. And then soon after, Zuparic, another ball in the box, and Pablo has to make a relatively easy save. But look, it's like free throws in basketball, right? Sometimes all you need is to see one go in and you start to get a little more confident. It looked like Pablo played with a lot more confidence after that first easy save. So we're through the first five minutes. And, and Philly, again, you mentioned it in the first half, and I want to mention it here in the second half. In the 52nd minute, Brian Rodriguez, after the double team came over, by the way, after the double team came over, he took his man 1v1 into the box, made a great pass right across the mouth of the goal, and BWP couldn't get to it. What I like to see from Brian Rodriguez, and yes, it's Scarf talking about Raito again. What I would like to see from Brian Rodriguez is for him to try to go around his man like he did on that play. He took the angle that his man was giving him and went. And because he went, he drew the defense, made the pass. It's just that BWP was perfectly covered by Portland on that play. And we had nobody on the back post, nobody else inside the box. That one completely across the mouth of the goal. But that's what Brian Rodriguez does so well. When he tries to nutmeg every defender and make the ESPN highlight play, rather than just use his speed and take it to the opposition the way that he can, that's when he gets a little caught up. But it's those kind of plays. This play here in the 52nd minute, please go back and take a look at it if you've got the broadcast saved somehow. Those are the kind of plays that Brian Rodriguez and very few other people can make in Major League Soccer, and that's why he's a special player. Nothing came of it, but he gets the defense thinking about, all right, here's what he can do now, and oh, he is just so talented. We're just waiting for it all to come together. I wouldn't disagree, but clearly the stud on our team, Scarf, I mean, we didn't talk about it that much. Diego Rossi, you want to talk about, like, the designated players? God, Diego Rossi's got 10 goals on a season, Scarf. Diego Rossi is the golden boot leader. Diego Rossi is by far the best player on our team, and he's probably, at this point, the best goal scorer in Major League Soccer. You know, it, it definitely helps – Rodriguez to get some more assists to, to pass the ball to somebody like a Diego Rossi and, and come with those clinical finishes. One thing we also didn't even mention, and it just dawned on me now, he was wearing the captain's armband yep. on the pitch today, despite the fact that Mac was back. Mac usually had donned it, but I guess after he was sent off with that, with that rough tackle in the previous match, Bob felt it only necessary to have Rossi uh, wear the captain's armband. And the funny thing is, Rossi definitely took complete advantage of that captain armband because you could see him talking to the referee yep. quite a bit. But yeah, that's just one thing I just wanted to go back to. 55th minute, we had a bit of a scare. Had a bit of a scare. Ooh. And I don't think any of us would have been surprised if it turned out to be worse. But Sifu goes down hard. And it took some time for him to get up. We had the, uh, the medical staff go right to him to check his arm. He was up and he came down and you know, maybe we thought it could have been a shoulder, a forearm, whatever. But despite the longest 180 seconds of all of our lives, he's up, he's standing, he's drinking body armor. Thank God. That would have been, that would have been not only a gut punch, but it'd be like a gut punch, a kick to the midsection, and a stab uh, all at the same time. He's been such a, a fun player to watch. His, his coming out party, he's... He, he's been really, really exciting. What I like about him, Scarf, he's, he's not afraid. He's a young kid. He's aggressive. He's not afraid. He clearly doesn't have a problem taking shots outside of the box. So we're going to get into a, a little <laughs> bit of that in just a bit. But 
yeah, losing Cifuentes would have been the worst thing that could have possibly have happened to us. Moving right along, four minutes later, 59th minute, good high pressure by LAFC, forces another turnover. Bob really putting the onus on his defense with this high pressure in the offensive half. And that leads, and that brings us to the 60th minute, Scarf. Yeah, 60th minute, Cheeky Palacios with a foul inside. Now, look, here, here's my exact term for it in my notes. So for all of you out there that, that want to at me about this, I called it the half circle thingy that I have no idea what it's actually called. So can someone please hit me up on Instagram at LAFC underscore the scarf with what that little half circle area is called? Could I Google it? Absolutely. Do I have a book on soccer terms that I can go look it up in? Absolutely. But I'd rather give away a pin. So why not? If anybody wants to, please, if you're the first person to Instagram at LAFC underscore the scarf, slide into my DMs. Let me know what that little half circle thingy is called there right above the 18-yard box. I, I don't know what it's called. Does it have an actual name? I'm sure it's not the half circle thingy that I have no idea what it's called. That's what I put inside the thing. Either way, somebody, please get me the name of that little half circle thingy. LAFC employees, you are not eligible, apparently, to win a pin from Defenders of the Bank. But if you want one, just tell us and we'll send you one. Anyway, anyway, Cheeky Palacios with a foul inside the half circle thing that I have no idea what it's called. And it's on Valeri of all players. Not that that means that he has to take the free kick, but you know that after Valeri goes down on a foul like that, he's absolutely going to take the free kick. And Philly, I talked about it in the beginning of our podcast when we started the breakdown and the recap. What class from Diego Valeri. I mean, he didn't just hit it off the post it wasn't just an accurate shot he banged that one off the inside of the far post we dodged a bullet for sure it could have been three three just like that and then philly go to the 63rd minute and it's pretty much turnabout on the opposite side of the pitch 100 percent 100 percent this one outside of the semicircle on bradley wright phillips he got he got fouled right there rarito had a free kick but that deflected off of a corner, nothing comes from that in, in that minute. Two minutes later, we have Andy Nahar coming into the match for Pancho Janela, and it looks like Latif makes one of his first <laughs> set of moves. He moves to midfield to take Pancho's spot, and Nahar moves to right back. 66 minute, good run by Bradley Wright Phillips, but he's just a bit outside. 67th minute. Their DP, we talked about him earlier, Yaroslav Niazgoda into the match. And if you remember, he also scored against us in the previous yep. match. He comes in for Felipe Mora. That's a dude we got to watch out for, without a doubt. 69th minute, Bob letting the highlighter, Marufo, know that there was a foul on Brian. Soon after, Niazgoda completely sliced up Deon, making him look silly, broke him down, and he found Valeri. A little one-two between Yimmy and Valeri, but a solid Solid, 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 solid save from Pablo Cisniego. Minute later, 70th, easy yellow card on Pablo Bonilla. Little Neymar roll there, too, for Brian. It was, you know, two or three rolls. By the way, speaking of Neymar, did you hear about that PSG Marseille game, all the red cards that occurred? Wow. I, so I heard about it, but I didn't get a chance to see how many. I'm going to Google that while, while we're talking. It was like about five it. reds in that yeah, match. I, I saw that, and I saw that they lost, too, right? One that nil was- to Marseille. Yeah, this is so, – so let's see here. There were one, two, three, four, five red cards all coming in the seventh or later minute of stoppage time. I don't know what happened, but four guys, two from PSG and two from Marseille, 
got red cards in the 97th minute, and then Neymar did something in the 99th minute to get that red card. He claimed, by the way, after the match, Philly, that he accused Alvaro Gonzalez of racism after the match. He's the head referee there, so that's going to be fun. But I believe if you look at it, Neymar was sent off for slapping and his opponent, I don't think you're allowed to do that, turns out. So, unless apparently you're, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But, yeah. but that being said, uh, uh, yeah, five red cards in a match in that PSG Marseille match. Crazy, crazy. But, you know, a little, little, little more about our game. 73rd minute, 1v1 by Brian Ernst, a corner. Rossi with a shot well high and wide above the, uh, the, the crossbar. But 73rd minute, oh, good Lord, Scarf. Sifu, giving it a go past midfield. He had the wherewithal to see Steve Clark completely out of position, and he struck the hell out of that ball. It just was a little bit out to the left side, but, man, that could have been the goal of the year. Again, we talked about it earlier. Sifu not being afraid to take shots outside of the box, and it's just nice. I mean, that's well outside of the box. You're talking center pitch in this case. But (laughs) – I, I, I just – I love to see that. You know, we, we have so many of these young finesse players, but I like to see a dude with just aggression and brute strength grace our roster. Again, I said it last pod, no deal. We need somebody who, who has this type of enforcer type of ability. It was – oh, could you imagine if he converted that scarf? That would have been – I mean, seriously, the goal of the year. Philly, I have Lin-Manuel Miranda in my head as that was happening. He's not throwing away his shot. It was – so cool to see him even attempt that this is a guy who's he's played in what maybe 15 major league soccer games in his career jose cifuentes and he's already got the moxie to go ahead and take that kind of a shot i mean that's not gonna lie that's pretty cool and and look dude dude, another statistic max was saying it he had only played 23 professional matches in his career period total yeah total so i mean just just yeah, I, I, once he gets a little bit more time, some more, some more matches, I mean, he's, he's going to be a dangerous option for us going forward. Yeah, I, I'm just – I'm so impressed. He already is dangerous. He, he really is. And the other thing is he keeps the defense, including the keeper, from past midfield. He keeps the defense honest no matter where he is out there. It was almost 4-2. And I wrote this note down, too, in the 75th minute. They showed Andy Nahar. Andy Nahar looked like he was genuinely having fun marking Yimmy Chara. Yimmy Chara, very, very skilled player. He's played in a top flight of several leagues around the world. And Andy Nahar, when he was healthy, was clearly one of the top backs, not just in Major League Soccer, but he's played all over as well. He's been on the Honduran national team over and over and over again. He is a quality player when he is right. And it has been so much fun in this game to have watched him mark Yimmy Chara through that 75th minute. 78th minute, a good recovery to get back on Chara. And it's, it's a nice, that entire 78th minute, I wrote down that it was just a nice back and forth for the entire 78th. Nothing really happened. But what I did see, once LAFC settled the ball inside the attacking half, we weren't really looking to make runs for about eh, five or six seconds or so, settling the ball. You saw Portland moving seven players to the back line when LAFC has it in the attacking half. So really looking to attack off of a counter was Portland. And I loved it. 79th minute, Philly. If we were at Bank of California Stadium and we saw him get up to head over to that 
fourth referee to check into the match, not just Danny Musovsky, who is very quickly becoming a fan favorite all over social media, but for the first time since July 23rd, we saw Edward Atuesta getting ready to check in. Of course, Philly, the last time we saw Atuesta on the pitch was the 2-2 draw against Portland, July 23rd. Brian Rodriguez comes out, and Philly, you've already talked about it once. Moving into the midfield went Latif Blessing from right back, and now with both Moose and Edward Atuesta checking in. Philly, where does that put Latif Blessing now? <laughs> Only up front in the forward position, Scarf. Again, he played. He started out in the back line. He worked his way over to the midfield, and then he finished off the game as a forward. I mean, what in the hell of a utility man, bro? I mean, again, the only thing he didn't do was, was, was borrow Cisniega's gloves, or he could have barred Vermeer's because, you know, Vermeer didn't use them today. He could have played goal. He, he, he could have oh, been everywhere. I mean, he's, I mean it, it, it's, it's got to be nice to have a player like Latif. I saw this meme on, uh, not a meme, but like a photo. Like towards the end of the game, well, at the end of the game, Bob had his arm around Latif and he was talking to him. And the caption on this on this social media thing on Instagram was just like, hey, all right, Latif, next game we're probably going to have you play keeper. Are you okay with that? I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, he comes in. Uh, I mean, Atsuesta, it's so nice seeing him in there. Uh, we, we knew he was going to get some minutes. We knew he wasn't going to get the start. But Atuesta and Moose, I mean, those two would connect a little, uh, a little later in the match. Now, let's move forward. 83rd minute. Diego Valeri with a shot, but it totally missed. But here's what I had in the 83rd minute that I really, really took some appreciation. Benia down on the ground. He literally bounced off of Jose Cifuentes. Literally <laughs> bounced. It was like he ran into a wall and fell down. And that gives us our, our, our first yellow card of the match. But just the way Benia bounced off Cifuentes, it was, it was the stuff of legend, the stuff of comedy. Again, going back to what I'm saying, I love that we have such a player like him who's young and not afraid to, to do those things. It's, I mean, I think it was a yellow card that was well worth it. If anything, it was definitely good for comic relief. Yeah, no, he definitely bounced off of him, and the camera was right there. It was a perfect angle, too. And you just saw, look, there are some soccer fouls out there that maybe they tripped over a blade of grass or a small breeze blew them down. This was Sifu taking it right through Bonilla. You're absolutely right, earning the yellow card. In the 85th minute, I was very happy to see Diego Valeri check out of the game for Andy Marco Polo. But Philly... I felt like after that sub with Andy Polo coming into the match, Portland really started throwing numbers at the goal. And I was like, all right, it's hold on to your butts time. Five minutes plus stoppage time. We'll see what happens. But we were having a really hard time getting the ball out of our half. And, I mean, 89th minute was punch-counterpunch from these two teams. Jorge Villafania with a first touch that was just a little too heavy. LAFC able to take it on the counter. Diego Rossi racing after it. But Steve Clark, and by the way, you talk about keeping your eye on the ball. He used his face to deflect that face. I know, right? At first I was yelling, handball, handball, because I thought it had to have been. But nope, right off his face. Steve Clark using his face, and it's 1v1 on the outside. And I'm sorry, Dejan Yakovic versus Yaroslav Nishkoda, we saw – Dayon's running as fast as he could, but somehow Nishkota just separated away from him, 
but a huge tackle. And that oh, was one God. of those where, I mean, I don't know. I held my breath. I was like, oh, my God, was that a penalty? Could that have gone either way? I didn't know, but it was a great saving play by Dayan Yakovich. One of those plays. Look, we only ask Dayan, realistically, we only ask him to make two or three plays, period, per match. And that was one of those plays that we absolutely needed from Dayan Yakovich. And here we go, five minutes into stoppage time. And Philly, I thought, all right, we got to hold on. Five minutes of stoppage time. And look, we had a couple nice plays in the second and the third minutes of stoppage time. But Philly, I'm going to make sure that we do it. And I'm going to call it in the 90th plus five, the fifth minute of stoppage time. It's time for our wait. What moment of the podcast. And you're the one that loves to give him this nickname. And I know you've become a huge fan of the former Reno 911 representative. I'm going to let you take it away with the fifth minute of stoppage time, my friend. The moose. Danny Musovsky. The moose is loose. He scores. His second goal of the season, he scored. Beautiful, beautiful finish. But I want to talk about how beautiful it was set up. Oh, yeah. Edward Atuesta eluded two defenders to get the ball to Mack. Mack easily finds Musovsky for the goal. Again, his second of the year, 4-2 LAFC. That's the ball game. That's the ball game right there. It's You had those two subs come in, and, and, and normally with 10, 15 minutes to go, I don't know how much of a – you know, an impact they, they, they could have made. But both those kids coming off the bench in the 80th were definitely the nail in the coffin for the pesky pine trees of Portland. Great, great patience, great footwork, great ball movement by Edward Atuesta. So calm, so cool, so collective. Great pass to Mac. Mac, great pass to the Moose. And boom, Moose is loose, second goal of the season, baby. And we win. We win. And due to the fact that the Galaxy only drew today, that shot us up to fourth in the table. According to MLSsoccer.com, we are four, four, and three. Sitting on 15 points, that's five points behind the leader. No club has scored more than LAFC's 25 goals. 25 goals, and that's with three shutouts where we didn't score anything. However, (laughs) just one team, the dreadful San Jose Smurthquakes, have conceded more than LAFC's 24. And man, they what, what was it? The other was it the other match against Seattle where was that the seven seven yeah. games seven yeah. goals they, they blew? Oh yeah. god, it's touchdown. You think Yeah, exactly. You think Almeida's <laughs> going to stick around? Uh he's probably the, the next coach on the uh, uh on the hot seat, but hey, you know, kudos to him. He actually shut down shut out the hottest team in Major League Soccer. Unfortunately, you know, our our bitter rivals. They they drew them 0-0. You want to hear something crazy, Philly? You know what I was thinking? Now, this might be completely crazy, and I respect that. But I'm going to throw something out there. I think San Jose has their next coach already in mind. I think San Jose knows exactly what they want to do when the Matias Almeida era comes to an end. And I think he's playing for the team right now. Wando? I firmly believe – look, I'm, Look, we are not a San Jose Smurfquakes podcast. We are definitely an LAFC podcast. But how cool would it be? We've got Landon Donovan right now, right? He, he moved right into the coaching ranks with San Diego Loyal down there. He's obviously – Sort of helps when you own the team. <laughs> I mean, yes, that, def, that which cuts costs too, right? You don't have to pay a coach because <laughs> you're the coach. And what are you going to do, fire yourself? Eh, I'll just move to a different position. That's fine. But 
I'm thinking Chris Wondolowski, look, let, let's be real here. That team is, we, we call them the Chicago dumpster fire, but San Jose, if they had some sort of fire alliteration in their name, they would be far more the dumpster fire than even Chicago was. You're absolutely right. But why not? Wouldn't that be cool that maybe they sack Almeida with like five games left in the season and they say, all right, Wando, you're the player coach from here on out. I don't know if it's ever, I think it's happened once or twice actually in major league soccer. And we've seen plenty of players become coaches from MLS. Why? why I don't even know why we're talking about this, but I had this idea. <laughs> well, after I'm I glad saw, you addressed that because that was my next question <laughs> to you. I know because I was thinking about it after I saw Seattle score a touchdown on them. And I was like, man, alive. There's like nothing going right with this team. And, and I've said it before. I think those are the ugliest uniforms in Major League Soccer right now. Those stupid little sunrises peeking up out of the center of their jersey there. Ugh, hate it so much. Anyways, Philly, we're in the fourth, like you mentioned. We're farther away from 10th place than we were. We leapfrog six teams. A big win. Including the Galaxy. Including, although I don't understand why that is. I thought the next tiebreaker was points per game, but I guess it's not. Either way, it's not definitely not head-to-head record again because apparently we'd lose that one too. But either way, not sure what the tiebreaker is, but there we are, fourth place. Everything seems right with the world. And we got three more games coming up, Philly. We talked about it in scheduling with the Scarf earlier, so our very next match coming up soon, it's Friday. That's right, Friday, just five days. It's now Monday as we're recording this, by the way. It's midnight. So it's Friday is our next match up in Seattle. Always a tough place to play, even without fans. So we'll see what Seattle has in store. After Friday, we've got Wednesday, September 23rd at Bank of California Stadium against Vancouver, where we may or may not be the home team. And the final match in September, Sunday, September 27th, versus San Jose at Bank of California Stadium. Seven matches in 28 days total. That's a match every four days, Philly. That is quite a bit for the boys in black and gold. But just maybe, Philly, maybe we get a Carlos Vela sighting in the month of September. Maybe, maybe not. I think Bob will hold him out for the entire month of September and get ready to go for what will then be the third phase, which is actually the fifth part of the 2020 season. I I don't even know. It's hard keeping track anymore. All I know is we got three more games in September. Yeah, we keep winning those. We're, we're, we're all right. Yes, maybe Portland isn't a team, the same team that we saw during the COVID Cup. I mean, our wins have come across you know, some, of the, uh, some teams that are basically on a, on, on a downward spiral, on, on a downward trough. But going about to get Seattle, that's going to be a big one. Obviously, we have the match against Vancouver. God forbid we draw or lose that one. There's just no way we, that should even be the case. But, you know, we're, we're looking okay. Atuesta's back. You'll you'll be in the lineup. Be great to have Carlos Vela back sometime soon. But you know, this just kind of goes out to everybody who is talking all the crap on on social media. Like, do we really need to blow up the ship? I mean, no, I I I don't think so. We're 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 okay. Bob said during a slump, you got to keep playing through it, and we kept playing through it despite having another game where we concede the first goal. We turned some things around. Are we perfect? No, absolutely not. We, we still are, are, are fairly poor in the defensive end. There needs to be more communication. I mean, that, fir- that first goal that occurred where Williamson punches it in, I mean, the defense, God, it was so flat-footed. They just, they, they didn't move. They need some help there, but 
I don't think we need to blow up the ship, and I think we're okay. Again, Atuesta coming back uh, is, is a good thing. Jose Cifuentes playing the way he's been playing is a good thing. Raito collecting a couple more assists and, and working his way into second place in that statistical category is a good thing. And lo and behold, we're going to hopefully have Carlos Vela back at some point. So I think we're in a pretty good situation. I mean, I'm glad, I don't, I'm glad we didn't peak. We're only going to continue to get better with, uh, with more, more matches. And, you know, it'd be great to peak right by the time. It'd be great to start peaking right around the time in the playoffs because even though they're single elimination matches, if we start really putting together some consecutive wins and building up our confidence, we could be poised to make somewhat of a run in the playoffs despite having probably one of our worst – I mean, obviously our, our worst season thus far. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once we get healthy, once we get the ball rolling again, look, let's not forget, we've got plenty of all-stars and all-world talent on this team. And we've got some guys, by the way, that haven't played to their all-world, all-talent that they were in the first couple of years. Mark Anthony Kay, for example, a player who has not had a season to remember or even very many games to remember. Philly, you pointed it out correctly, a goal and an assist in today's match. He's starting to round into form. And now, Look, we've seen Pancho play much more solidly than he had a couple of matches ago. Sifu has been an absolute revelation back there. Obviously, Edward Atuesta coming in has been a huge relief and lift for our guys. So we have four, if you count Latif Blessing, really five starting caliber midfielders with a guy like Bryce Duke ready to come off the bench for any one of them. If we can get our back line organized. Look, you said it at the end of the recap. Only San Jose has conceded more goals this season than LAFC. And if Seattle doesn't hang a touchdown on them, we are the ones that have given up more goals than any other team in the league this year. Western Conference, Eastern Conference, doesn't matter. So we need to get the back line shorn up. And I'll say it now, Philly, and I was on Team Kenneth Vermeer at the start of the season. For the rest of the year, unless he plays himself out of the job, please, let's just stick with Pablo for the rest of the season. He is young. He is sowing his oats right now out on the pitch. So let's let the young kid play. Keep Pablo out there. Today, look, he didn't do anything spectacular whatsoever. I thought the first goal was not his fault at all. There was just a wide open play inside the box, and you can't give – anybody within that 10 yard area a shot that wide open the second goal look I'm going to hang that one on Pablo okay the second goal he was way off his line but it also took a perfect pinpoint pass from Jorge Villafania let Pablo stay out there and play out there for 90 minutes all the way through there's no open cup to worry about there's no other ridiculous cups that they have to create so that the galaxy can possibly win another title at some point throughout the season like the Mm. Campeones Cup or the California Classico or any other ridiculousness. There's just matches in our region. So let Pablo play and let's get this team healthy and get the back line organized so that we can finish off and keep this trajectory going. We leapfrog six teams with our win today and two more wins, three more wins in a row. If we can start stringing these together and all of a sudden right back at the top of the table where LAFC belongs. 100%. 100%. The last thing I kind of wanted to say, just wanted to give the final stat line of the match. Yes, sir. Uh, shots, 14 to 10 LAFC. Shots on target, 6 to 5 LAFC. Possession, 55-45 LAFC. Passing accuracy, 80% to their 73. Chances created, 4 to 1 LAFC. 
Corners, seven, a whopping seven corners to, to the pesky pine trees, two fouls. <laughs> I'm telling you, that, that lack of Diego Chara was, was a difference maker for them. We had 17 fouls to their eight. We doubled them with fouls. That statistic usually goes the other way around with Portland. And then as far as offside, three to one us, cards, dead even. And that's the tail of the tape. That's your final stat line defenders. Yeah, Philly, this is a much more fun episode, wasn't it? When you win 4-2, everything just kind of feels right. Episode yeah. 117 in the books. And we're going to do this all over again on Friday when we take on Seattle up in Seattle at the Clink Century Link Field. Philly, that's about all we've got for our friends, the Black and Gold Faithful. Again, thank you for all the support. For all those Brian Rodriguez haters out there, please keep coming at me on at LAFC underscore the scarf on social media. And again, if you can correctly identify what that little half circle thingy is called, we will very happily give you a pin. And don't forget, keep using those hashtags, kick childhood cancer to donate $25 of Continental Tires money towards childhood cancer research. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.